Hello, this is Ruin Willow with the Oh Fuck Yeah with Ruin Willow podcast. Welcome to my podcast. I'm so excited you're checking it out. And on my podcast, I talk about sex and sexuality, anything and everything to do with sex and sexuality. And that includes reading erotica, mine and others. So today I have a very special guest who is also a podcaster at Sweet Baby Gay. So the podcast is on Sweet it's called Sweet Baby Gay and is on all the podcast apps so you can search for that. And I talk with Abby, who is a host on the podcast. And we talk all about amazing things about gender and sex and sexuality, perceptions, culture. It's a very interesting talk. And then we talk a bit about podcasting because we both are podcasters, obviously. And we touch a little bit on editing audio and she's also a freelance audio editor as a freelancer on Fiverr. So you can find her on Fiverr. I'm going to put her links down in the podcast notes so you can easily find her. And I think she's Abby.Productions. So on Instagram, you can find her as Abby.Productions and also Sweet Baby Gay Pod. Okay, before we get into that, if you're under 18, it is time to leave a podcast because we do talk about sex on this podcast. And... We do talk about a lot about gender too. So I know that's helpful for people of all ages, but just putting my warning out there that we do talk about sex and it's intended for 18 plus. And I would like to share my sponsor's word with you. Thank you to my sponsor. You are awesome. Okay, let's get it. Let's go. We'll be right back. But while you're here, what pairs better with erotica than comedy and a smattering of horror? We got both on the podcast Red by Daylight. Every week, three very gay friends discuss the lore of a different killer trapped in the eternal fog. From genuinely cool villains like the buff lady who throws hatchets to, well, less cool ones like a Dollar Tree version of Jason Voorhees. Each episode starts with our horror newbie friend guessing the killer's backstory just by looking at them. Spoiler alert, Caroline frequently concocts much cooler origins than the game. Oops. Then we go over the lore in-depth before wrapping up with a purely scientific Rule 34 porn viewing session. Sound fun? Search Red by Daylight. That's R-E-A-D by Daylight on your favorite podcasting app. Or go to redbydaylight.net. Although many authors have challenges with outlines, they are definitely my jam. From full-scale word outlines to visual outlines and back to simple lists, I can help you find the outline method for you. I will provide a Zoom or Discord chat to help uncover the best way to help you organize your work. After reviewing strengths and weaknesses in the area, tips, tricks, and tools will be shared and an outline, full or partial, can be created during a session with me. Visit AuthorsHelpService.com for more details. That's authors with an S. Okay, thank you for listening to that. I also want to mention that right now the nominations are open, okay? And what is it for? The Golden Pigtails Smut Awards. You can go on here, and I'm going to put the link down in the podcast notes, but if you look up... Golden Pigtails Smut Awards. You should be able to find it online, I would think. But I'm going to put the link to the voting form down in the podcast notes. It's a Google form. And you can nominate your favorite erotic works. 
And there's a multitude of categories, including narrators. So if you like any of my work, I would love it if you nominated me. But that has to come from you. So whatever you feel. But you do need to get your nominations in by 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on January 21st, 2023. And the voting begins on February 1st and goes through February 28th. And then the winners are announced. There's so many different categories. You've got to scroll through and... There's just a ton of categories. I mean, there's just so many, but it's an awesome thing. It's a great way to recognize and promote your favorite erotica authors, erotic content creators. Just do it. I mean, it's just, it's a huge honor to be nominated and it's so much fun to participate in and it helps people be exposed to new authors and it helps new authors also, new people who are new in the field of writing erotica to become more visible. And one of my latest books that has just appeared on the market is By the Bonfire Sex Game. So it's a very intense, fun sexual game that a couple plays in their backyard where they start out by the bonfire and then they're playing a game and Chase is involved. So it's very intense and hot and sexy and oh, fuck yeah. So check that out. It's so hot. It's a short story. It's erotica. They are a couple. So yeah, check it out. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay, as usual, down in the podcast notes will be my links where you can find all my audiobooks, my erotic erotica, and my Patreon, all that stuff. And Abby's will be down in the podcast notes too. So let's get talking to Abby. We had such a great chat. We really did. And I loved talking to her. I just very, very fresh opinions, and she's younger than I am, so it just was wonderful to get her perspectives, to get her ideas, and it just was very valuable, and I'm just so happy that I can put this out into the world. I'm really excited to do it, and I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you find it informative, helpful, fun, exciting, and we get a bit juicy at times. We talk about some fun things. So, hey, have a listen. Enjoy it. Thanks for listening, and oh, fuck yeah, let's go. All right, everyone. I'm so excited to talk with this person. We're going to learn a lot. It's going to be fun and exciting. Her name is Abby, and she's a podcaster at Sweet Baby Gay, and she's a podcast editor. Welcome, Abby. I'm excited to chat with you and learn from you and learn all about your perspectives. And your podcast is called Sweet Baby Gay. Tell me about your podcast. Yeah. Um. So I started Sweet Baby Gay about a, a little over a year ago with one of my friends. And we started it because we both had like come out during the pandemic and really just didn't feel like we knew anything about the queer community besides our little bubble of like friends that we had. So we wanted to like have a podcast where we like learned about different people and like different things about it. I after a couple months it turned out to be just me and then recently I've actually added my wife onto the podcast a lot. Oh nice. Um, yeah, I just drag them on when I want to record. I'm like, "Hey, come come into the office and talk with me." <laughs> Put a microphone. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, it's just like, it, it's really just a place where I'm trying to make it like a safe space for people to ask questions that sometimes can be scary to ask, or maybe you don't even know what questions to ask. And I don't know, like just coming out as queer, it could be very intimidating because there's a whole world out there that you don't know how to get into. So the idea of it is to hopefully like help people get into it. And so I'm just going to start with really a basic thing. 
What's the difference between saying I'm queer or I'm lesbian, I'm a lesbian or I'm gay? Is there a difference? No, queer is kind of like, like how people use gay as an overterm. Queer is actually becoming way more of an overarching term Mm. where like Mm -hmm. queer can mean so many different things. It just kind of means like out of the ordinary, like quote, out of the ordinary, like heterosexual uh, standard. And so it can mean that you just like have a different sexuality than what is than straight. And it can also mean that you have a different gender than what is like assigned you at birth. So like a different, you don't like conform to gender norms. Right. So like the official definition of queer is just like, is that is like just kind of something out of the norm. So it's kind of is used as an umbrella term for the community. Uh, But some people who identify as like, gay or bisexual or lesbian don't really identify as queer and then some people are queer don't have another like my partner is queer and doesn't have another like sexuality that they identify with so it's all just very much dependent on the person gotcha did that That make sense (laughs) it does (laughs) it does and so yeah i just was curious like to give people kind of you know a place to start from and you know what's the difference between those things and why would someone choose different ones or why would people use choose different ones to describe themselves yeah so yeah that that was perfect a lot of people <laughs> i just want to add a lot of people choose queer because like so my partner uses the word queer both for their gender and for their sexuality because it is mm-hmm. a very like encompassing term and they don't have to because they already are uh, like a black person and so they don't like for them they talk about this they don't like to have more labels put on top of them so Mm, because that just kind of puts you in a box so a lot of people will use queer and other terms like that because they want to have something that's like open and willing for them to explore within that makes sense and yeah you don't feel like you're like boxed into this thing or you know you don't have to feel confined, I guess, yeah. I, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So in, you also have on your description in your um, podcast that you are pansexual. I am. Would you like to talk about that? Yeah. So pansexual, I, I, I go by queer, pansexual, and bisexual. Sorry, I just like choked on my coffee. so when I say those things like bisexual is also an umbrella term for things that for any type of sexuality that has to do with more than one gender Mm -hmm. and so I say bisexual a lot just to like explain to people when I don't go like feel like going in depth because pansexual because has a little bit more to it but pansexual just means that for me in general the definition for pansexual is like you're attracted to someone regardless of their gender Mm, and so it's it's like in reality no different than bisexual it just has to do with how that person experiences sexuality and so I identify as pansexual because I experience sexuality based on the person and like the vibes I get from them and how I interact with them and less their appearance and like less their gender it has way more to do with like if I can kind of like banter with someone I'm attracted to them it's it's way more just has to do with their personality and who they are and less like their gender if that makes sense do you think of bisexual as a description is just kind of more flat then and just um I think bisexual like bisexual that's a really good question I like I think don't think bisexual is like flat I just think that it is way more like thinking about like women and men and non-binary and like specific genders and like mm, okay mm-hmm. I don't know I think also I also play around with the term demi- demisexual which is like you have to know someone mm. to be attracted to them 
And like, Mm -hmm. I'm pansexual in that aspect as well. Like I kind of blend those together a little bit for myself. Uh, So I wouldn't say bisexual is like flat. I would just say they experience it differently. Okay. That makes sense. And how, about what age did you realize these things about yourself? Oh, Lord. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I only, so I'm 23. And that's what I came out to, like, fully came out. Before that, I had told some people, but not really, like, only, like, close friends and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think I've, like, like, I can look back and see, like, oh, I was, like, crushing on my best friend when I was in eighth grade. And, like, I just didn't realize it. I just thought we were really close. But, like, I also really wanted to cuddle her. Like, that was crushing. (laughs) Um, And, like, so I could think back and, like, see those things. And, like, my boyfriend in high school and all my friends would joke. They'd be like, oh, yeah, I could totally see Abby, like, experimenting in college. And I'd be like, oh, that's so funny. Uh, Maybe. (laughs) Because I was gay. And um, Right, right. So it's like, I, I don't think I really, like, solidified it in my mind until I was in college, like, maybe, like, 19, 20. But Mm -hmm. looking back, I definitely can see where I was feeling those things. And just because of like heterosexual compulsory, um, compulsive heterosexuality, I like didn't register those feelings as like attraction romantically or sexually. I registered them as like friendship attraction because that's what I was told it was. Right. Which makes it very complicated. (laughs) Yeah, it is very complicated. How was it coming out? Was it something, was it a pleasant experience or was it like painful were people pissed at you angry with you oh that's okay (laughs) i'm telling you everything he was there for the whole thing i know right (laughs) (laughs) um i was very lucky that i had a very supportive like system around me Mm, i will say the first person i ever told was my college boyfriend and he didn't get angry or anything but he very much sexualized it and okay. like bisexuality, because yeah. at the t- yeah at the time I didn't come out as pansexual. I only in the past couple of years have used the word pansexual. So at the time mm-hmm. I said bisexual, and he very much like played it up for his own sexual pleasure of like my girlfriend's bisexual. I get to like we get to fantasize about threesomes and stuff like that instead of like but mm. giving me my space to like figure that out. So it's actually because of him is like why I took a couple more years to come out to anybody else because I just needed Mm. some like time to myself to figure it out. But once I did come out to everyone else, like everyone was very supportive. Uh, I, my, I have a lot of queer people in my family. I think most women in my family are some sort of bisexual. So it went Mm -hmm. over very well. And I'm very lucky about that. We'll be back after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by the Spring Cleaning Champions, Manscaped. This season, make sure the man in your life grooms his carpets and his drapes with the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. Have him clear out that winter bush with Manscaped's Lawnmower 5.0 and watch his confidence bloom like the springtime flowers. Embrace the season and have him join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With our special offer, go to manscaped.com and use code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, for the 20% off and free shipping. Have you ever been doing some oral pleasure and got some hairs in your mouth or your teeth? 
Well, <laughs> Manscaped can help with that. Try being clean-shaven for spring cleaning. After he uses Manscaped, you can say, hmm, let's get some busy with some spring fever in the bedroom. Try out Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. It is an amazing trimmer that features two interchangeable heads, one for taking a little off the top and the new foil blade to go smooth. If you want to go smooth for spring cleaning, make sure you try out Manscaped products. Bring on those smooth skin sexy slaps in the bedroom. And how do you do that? Use Manscaped products to shave clean down in your pubic area. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, all caps at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with code RUIN at manscaped.com. Nothing like a little spring cleaning in his pants, right? In your pants if you're a man. (laughs) Spring clean your groin area. Try smooth. Try it with Manscaped. That's good. That's good. Say, I know a lot of people feel like they can't say things. I mean, actually, one example. I mean, I, I knew I knew since I was about eighth grade that I was also attracted to women, but my entire life I have never acted on that. Mm-hmm. In fact, I never even said it out loud until a couple of years ago. So for me, I'm kind of one of the. I mean, I've always known it though, you know. Yeah. But I never lived that way. So yeah, I know. I know what you're saying, just because of how. I grew up and how people, you know, it was a very different world. Yeah. <laughs> Can I ask what your like age is? Because I actually, I can't see you. I don't like know. I know. <laughs> don't tell too many people, but I did say it recently on a podcast interview I was on. I'm in my 40s. Okay. So, <laughs> so it's been, it's definitely been a long lifetime for me of not sharing that with anyone. I remember when I, when I was, I don't know my, you know, 1920s in there, I had a friend who was a lesbian and she, she kind of (laughs) knew and, but she always would think that it was kind of like the thing where people would be like, um, no, you're a lesbian. You're not bi. Like bi isn't a thing. Oh my gosh. My least favorite thing is like, yeah, just the bi erasure. (laughs) I've had friends too, Mm -hmm. like even jokingly, they'll be like, oh yeah, let Abby do it. Let the lesbian do it. I'm like, I'm not a lesbian. (laughs) Right. That is just, it's not as like erasure, but it is close to just calling me straight. Please don't do it. (laughs) And like, I know, exactly. And so so I went through that whole thing. And, you know, I just kind of like, that's just not the way I lived my life, even though I, I've always known that. I mean, I, I knew when I was 13. I I just knew. And so it wasn't something I wanted to share for many, many years, something I didn't talk about. Uh, and so really, I mean, unless I ever end up with a, a woman, I probably don't need to tell my family because it doesn't impact my relationship with them. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I'm actually out on on like Twitter where my 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 pen name is Ruin Willow. It's a pen name. And I'm out there where I call myself by. Mm-hmm. So that was really my first place to ever do it. Honestly, was on social media. <laughs> yeah. Common. Like I have a lot of friends mm-hmm. who are out to their like my first girlfriend she was out to me, but she wasn't out to her family. And like because we were dating, it kind of mm-hmm. created some problems at the time yeah. but like now she's we're we're still really close and now she's like 
with a man. And so it's kind of one of those things where she's like, I just, it's not worth it if I don't have to. Cause right, like, exactly. For me, it was a little different because my family is my like, like I talk to my family multiple times a week. And so like, sure. I know that that creates a little bit of difference. And like, I know, I know way too much about my family sex life. Like my family is very <laughs> open about that stuff. Not sure. in like, not in a creepy way, more like my aunts will talk right, to right, me right. about it and stuff. Like no <laughs> one talked to me about it until I was an adult. So it was just kind of like, for me, it felt like I was hiding something for them. But then I also know a lot of people are like, no, like I don't talk about this stuff with my family. So like, there's never a reason to talk about it. Right, right. That's that's kind of where I'm at. Like, it's really, it doesn't, it's not going to impact our, impact our relationship. It really doesn't matter if they know or don't know. Yeah. You know, but it is kind of a weird way to live too, where you're, I don't know. I mean, I don't really feel like I'm hiding it from them. It's just doesn't matter to me if they know or not. It's none of their business. <laughs> no, I was just talking to someone about how it's super weird to like when you come out because like, especially if you're not in a relationship with someone, all it is is kind of telling your, if you're not living the lifestyle of like, of like, I don't even want to say queer lifestyle because if you're queer, you're living a queer lifestyle. But like, if you're not like dating someone, like actively dating and everything within that like queer community, it's kind of like, I'm just telling you how I like to have sex. And like, we don't have to right. talk about that. <laughs> like, I wouldn't tell you like, oh, I like to like suck dick or anything, but like, I don't want to tell you. Right. <laughs> so it, it's just a weird thing to come out about. It is. It is. And one way that I really can enjoy it for myself is I'm an erotica author. So I also write women love and women's stories. I, and I, sorry, I'm, do you want to come back to ahead. that? To keep going with what you're saying that I want to come back to that. <laughs> so many questions. Right. <laughs> Go right ahead. <laughs> I have ADHD, so sometimes I'll like have my thought just comes out of my mouth and it's myself. So I don't want to interrupt you, please, going with what you're talking about with your erotic novel. No, you're good. I'm flexible. It works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I really enjoy writing women love and women's stories. I wrote a book, A Magic in Her Kisses, which is woman love and woman's story, which was so much fun. I just finished that audiobook. So I'm waiting patiently, not so patiently <laughs> for ACX to approve that. <laughs> I had it all set up and I had it all ready. And then I, I re-listened. I don't remember why I re-listened. I re-listened to my, you know, you have to give like a little five minute preview of the audiobook. Yeah. And so I was listening to it and then I had the word fuck in there and I'm like, oh shit, because you can't have the word fuck in your preview, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so I had to go back in and no, you can't. You cannot, in ACX, you have to be careful. You can't say certain words. Fascinating. You have to cut. Okay. Oh, yeah. You have to cut the word fuck out. So like because they want it to be PG-13. So I had the word fuck in there twice. And I even will cut out some other words, too, just because I don't want that to be what holds up my book. But then I had to resubmit it. I had to take that piece down and re-edit out the word fuck, which I had. I had a few other words that I took out, too. And then I resubmitted it. So (laughs) yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty. uh, They're sticklers about that. That was so funny. It's just. Yeah. If you don't want them to get to hang up your book and reject it and say, oh, no, you need to fix this, let's take it out in the beginning. Anyways, yeah. so it's supposed to go live in the next day or so, I hope. But oh, my point of saying that was it was a way for me to enjoy that part of my sexuality in creating characters and stories that I can then share with the world. I Okay, so one, you're writing about women loving women. You're living a queer life right there. You're living a queer life. Uh, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, yes. I know because so literally tomorrow I'm recording my first episode of this of me and one of my partners. We are starting an erotic queer book club podcast. Oh, and cool. so I would love to talk to you more about this because I'm so fascinated and it's something that I would love to get into <laughs> both reading more erotica and writing erotica because Oh, yes. Oh, my God. I love it. I'm reading. We're reading the one we're talking about tomorrow. I have it literally in my hands because I was reading it while I was waiting. It's called Super Fun Sexy Times. And it's like erotic, oh, uh, nice. but it's like a comic, like graphic novel type mm. thing. So, okay. So it's very cool. What's like, very the, like, cool. What, like, what's it like, like writing erotic novels? Oh, it's fun. I think I've written, hmm, I don't know, 12. Some of them are short novellas, though. So, uh, they're all, I'm kind of all across the board because that's who I am. That's my sexuality. So I have some heterosexual, I have some multiple partner, I have, oh. you know, women loving women. I'm like all over the place, but it's fun. I really have a lot of fun. And this book, Magic and Her Kisses that I wrote, it starts out with a lot of sex because that's why they're attracted to each other, right? So, and then it evolves into a romance. And she, so I always had so much fun writing it because it's a professor college student story. Mm-hmm. And so the college student is working for the professor. So she's her boss and she's nerdy. She's nerdy as fuck. <laughs> and I had so much fun writing her because she, she's realizing that in the story, she's realizing that she's a dom. And the college student is realizing she's a sub. And so they're trying to like meander their way through all that. And they don't know what the fuck they're doing, but it works for them. And so I have a lot of fun. And some people will read the book, get turned off by all of the massive amount of sex in the beginning. Uh, That's (laughs) fine. (laughs) And so, yeah, they totally explore the dom-sub relationship. And it was so much fun. And I've had people tell me at the end of the book that after they've read it, that's the nerdy professor was like one of their most favorite characters ever. And the other the college student is a little bit bratty, you know, just yeah. that's just how she ended up being. But it was so fun to narrate it too. But it was a bear to, to it's easier to narrate than it is to edit. That's all yeah. I can say. <laughs> see that. I can totally see that. I it's much faster to narrate. That's <laughs> I come from so my background is in mechanical engineering. Oh, okay. So the part of podcasting that I gravitate towards is the editing because I'm very familiar with like working with computer softwares is very easy for me. <laughs> I'm mm, like, oh, okay. got it. Easy. Got it. It's because of that background. <laughs> That's how I got into podcasting. And then I was like, oh, I also love talking. This is great. <laughs> yes. Good combo. You have to love talking to be a podcast. You do. You do. And you have to really like people. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I love people. I love showcasing people to the world. Be like, look at this damn awesome person. It's yeah. just fun. And I love to have conversations with people too. So yeah. So yeah, I talked to so many, like I've talked to so many cool people with Sweet Baby Gay and like, it makes me so happy seeing all the people that like, I've like built connections with and stuff through the podcast. Yes. That's very cool. So what what uh, software do you use when you're editing? Like I have the the RX8. Uh, I have what the hell is that called? Yeah, yeah, no. Isotope RX8. So I have the RX9. Yeah, 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 that's it. I have RX9 and I got it literally right before they made RX10, so I'm supposed to be getting a free upgrade, but I have been too okay. lazy to do it. <laughs> and like <laughs> RX9 is working I... just fine. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I use that. Sorry, but I use that for like audio repair, and then I use Reaper for like the editing part. 
Yeah, I use it for repair and like, you know, getting out clicks and all that kind of junk. And then I use Audacity. Yeah, I, I highly recommend moving to Reaper if you are interested. It's I Is it hard to learn? <laughs> Yes and no. I I find all of the shorthands way easier and then it's not destructive. Mm. So like in Audacity, when you delete something and then like save it, yeah. it that's gone mm-hmm. forever. Whereas Reaper keeps right. it so you can always get it back. Uh, okay. Yeah. I've had a lot of trouble with Audacity where it just literally kicks me out when I'm in the middle of it. Like it's so mad because I lose it. Yeah. I highly recommend Reaper. Technically you pay for it, but it has an unlimited trial run. So like you just okay. keep, I've, I've had it for like nine months, you just keep clicking, still evaluate. <laughs> so like sure, sure. Very interesting. So, so I have to ask you this too. When you do your editing for podcasting, do you take out all the breaths or do you leave them in? Oh, I leave breaths in for, for podcasting. I think it's a little more natural. It's different than like audiobooks yeah. mm-hmm. where, but like, right. Right. Yeah, like a conversation, like I've tried to cut out breaths before. And sometimes if it's like a really big one, I'll cut it out. But I find it more mm-hmm. natural to have a little bit of those breaths in there for a conversation. Yeah, I'm the same way. And, you know, I, and I struggle too, because well, I had a mentor that kind of really got me into audiobooks. And he said, you know, it's sexier to hear you breathe. The people want to hear your voice. They want to hear your breath. So then, you know, sometimes I've left them in, but then sometimes I feel like they're distracting. And so it's really kind of hard to decide what to do with audiobooks, erotic audiobooks. Typically do erotic audiobooks? Mm-hmm. So yep, all of my books so far, well, I've done a couple that are non-erotic, but mostly the vast majority are erotic. Yeah. One, your voice, perfect for it. Love it. <laughs> I'm fascinated. Like people like, what? <laughs> I want to get into this so bad. So people just like hire you to do the like audios for their books and stuff too. Yeah. So I, I'm on ACX. So you can either obviously, you know, get paid for a finished hour or you can get royalties. Yeah. And so I've narrated for three other authors and then myself. So, and I've done a couple which were extraordinarily painful, <laughs> where I mixed <laughs> another voice in for another character with mine. And that is the ultimate amount of work. I mean, let me tell you, oh my gosh, <laughs> I, I did one where I mixed in three characters, you know, different voices for, for the characters. And it was a lot of fucking Oh work. my God. I, I mean, it's cool. But it's also hard too, because they're, you know, they're, they're narrating in their own space and may have different kind of background sound. So sometimes it's worked and sometimes it hasn't. Like I was supposed to have one of my friends who's a, she's a amateur porn star. She was going to be the nerdy professor in magic and her kisses. Right. Mm-hmm. And so she recorded all of this stuff and it was crap. And so then she had to do it a second time, still crap. So I ended up not even being able to use her audio, which was so heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. But I couldn't get it to mesh. Like you could tell we were in different rooms, you know? Yeah, that's that's important. Yeah. Fascinating. Okay, can I ask this? Is this your full-time job? I do this, but I also write under my real name. So okay. yeah, so I do all of this, but I, I also write under my real name, which is why I have a pen name because so many people have opinions about sex and writing about sex yeah. and sexuality. And so I don't want to tarnish that area of my work because I am, you know, I make money there too. So I can't just no, that's <laughs> can't dope. be my full open self out in the world. Yeah, it's <laughs> on like a different note, but like, I, I think it's like, we do have like an age difference, but so me and my partner are also non-monogamous and oh, okay. Yep. I like when we came out as like, when we decided to do non-monogamy, I 
have done this where I'm like, I'm not hiding it from anybody. Literally, my whole family knows about my podcast. They could listen to it and hear me talk about it. Sure. Because I'm like, I was like, if we get into this and then we like find someone and like fall in love with them and then have to then explain that to our families. Oh, God, that would be so annoying. But I do have that fear. Like my podcast showed up in one of my background checks for my old job. And yeah, stupidest thing ever. Like they did a background check because we had a client who I had to go like work with and the only thing that showed up was my two traffic tip ticks, speeding tickets, and the fact that I had quote illicit behavior on the internet because my podcast used the word gay and queer. Stupid. Oh, geez. Stupidest thing ever. I was like, this is ridiculous. So I, I oh do have gosh. that like worry. Right. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I never would have thought that that would be a thing that they would be like, and why would you call that? A- That's just so yeah, stupid. Didn't care, obviously, because they were like, that doesn't matter. Like, I don't talk explicitly on my podcast and like I've also (laughs) left that industry so like now I hope that I am self-employed so this forever so this doesn't like create a problem ever again but like if I was trying to get a new job and it wasn't just a client they could have cared (laughs) like right yeah so you do podcast editing as a freelancer yeah I am yes I do awesome what do you who do you do that through um so I do all my work through five well I found I find my you kind of have to find your own clients, but I do my work through Fiverr. Yep. Which is, yeah, the like freelance services and everything. And uh, I really try to focus on like my dream of dreams is to one day have like a queer podcasting network. Um, okay, sure. And like I only started doing this full time like three or four months ago. So like I am very much at the beginning stages of all of this. Gotcha. So once I have more clients and can be a little bit more selective of my clients, I hope that all my clients end up being some sort of like queer, gender, sexuality, like somewhere in those like areas of types of podcasts, just because sure. like mm-hmm. a one, when you have a podcast like that, it's really hard to like trust someone you don't know to edit it and to like be respectful of it. Right. And so like, I want to create that like safe space and I really want to like amplify those voices because like representation is matter so much. And I personally have learned so much through podcasts and like about myself and about the world. And so like, I just, I'm very passionate about like podcasts as a way to like educate people. Right. Oh, absolutely. I think it's great too. I mean, it's just, there's just so many podcasts out there too, that you can learn from. It's just amazing. So when you started on Fiverr, did it take a while to get started or did what did you do anything to try and still getting started? I so to make the leap of becoming full time, I had to like I did have to like I saved up a lot of money and so I'm like have been living off savings for the most part for a little while and it's starting to pick up. Um sure. but I'd say it's still going like on th- Fiverr for my like for audio editing specifically, because I have other gigs on there to do just to make a little bit of extra money. But for audio editing specifically, mm-hmm. I have to find my own clients until I get, until Fiverr decides that I'm like trustworthy enough for them to like sell me to clients. Uh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. So like most of my like audio editing clients I found myself were just doing payment through there. But mm-hmm. so like, like one of my biggest clients is Two Hot Wives, which are these like they're these two like married women and they're like swingers. They like talk about like the kink and the swinging like community and stuff like that. And I love them right. so much. Uh, <laughs> and so they've been one of my like most consistent clients. And I think nice. also part of that is because it's like, like they hired me and I, I'm very much like, I'm super like try to be super respectful about what they're talking about. I'm not 
like I'm listening to it and like not only am I very interested like this is a podcast I would listen to myself but also I'm being just very respectful of it and stuff like that right and creating right. that safe space for them to like be able to make this without like having an editor who's gonna like I don't know not respect their work and stuff which is hard when oh absolutely your entire episode is talking about like sex and stuff <laughs> <laughs> yep exactly yes I know I um my podcast got picked up by an internet radio station. They, they talk about all sex positive things and the alternative lifestyle and swinging and all of that. So it's called Full Swap Radio. And so it's an internet radio station. So I know all about what you're saying and I'm, yeah. I'm a part of that group. And it's really fun. And, you know, mine isn't necessarily a swinger podcast or anything, but I'm sex positive and it's I read erotica and I have, you know, guests on that fit into sex positive. So yeah, it's it's a great place to work in and have connections with people. And people are just amazing. They really are They're open-minded. It's great. Oh my gosh, you'll never meet a nicer person than like a kink-loving person. Gosh. <laughs> I know, right? Isn't that true? Just like, That's so true. So like open and welcoming and like, of course, there's some people that are going to be like rude and stuff, but they get kicked out very fast. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, yeah, they get they get weeded out. Please, <laughs> like exactly. <laughs> My partner's favorite phrase is "yuck." You can't. Don't. I'm not going to yuck someone's yum. And that's yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. No one to no yuck anyone else's yum in this community. Yes, but you do get those judgmental people. You run into that want to yuck your yum. Yeah, you got to kick them out fast. Give them the boot. I don't want you anywhere near me. Give them the boot. That's right. <laughs> so in doing that, have you, as it has listening to their podcast, like impacted you, do you think? Oh my God, absolutely. Um, this is also why I love to like at these types of podcasts because I love listening to these podcasts. <laughs> so one, just like listening to other podcasts, that are have to do with like sexuality and everything helped me with my own podcast because like I don't know I learned how to talk about things in a little more of a respectful way and like stuff like that um and so like specifically their podcast has really helped me like learn how to shape my own podcast where like I'm actually about to go on a break because I've seen how they do seasons and I'm like wow that that's cool I'm gonna do seasons because I feel like I could do that a little better Mm. but also like like my one example that I'm thinking of is they've read the book Come As You Are. Mm. And for there, have you read that one? No, I haven't. Either. And I'm going to read it and possibly do like a video essay on it on my YouTube channel. But it's like, it just talks about like the female bodied like anatomy and like orgasm and mentally like how it, like Mm. how your mental affects it and everything. And listening to that, I like, I actually took some of that away into my own like sex life and like, thinking about it and stuff. And I appreciated that a lot. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. One of the things I like to do a lot, and I've talked to many of them, is interview the sex and relationship coaches. And damn, have I learned a lot from them. I mean, it's almost like I've interviewed so many of them now. It's almost like I've taken classes. I've learned so much. (laughs) What do you think is the biggest thing that you've learned from them? Like the most important thing? to to do to have confidence in yourself and what you want and not let other people, you know, box you in or insult you or you know, it's okay to be you. I mean, it's just they're so celebratory of who you are and not yeah, and not like, you know, having shame or 
you know, just to live your life to the fullest. One of my favorite ones I did recently, her her thing was, if someone doesn't love you for authentically who you are, they're not your people. There's billions of people in the world. Go find your people. So, and I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I, yes, I believe that so much. Oh my gosh. Mm, it's true. I mean, if you're trying to be someone, someone else's definition of you, you're not living your life full. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still young. I'm still working on that, but I believe it. It's like, it's one of those things right. I like logically believe, but I'm still working on my like inner self, like fully getting there. Right. Oh, I get it. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a journey. It's definitely a journey. Journey. Yeah. It's all a journey. So what's the biggest challenge you find living your, living your life as your sexual orientation? Hmm. Oh, wow. Uh, I think that my sexual orientation is less of the issue and more my gender and my partner's gender has been like the biggest struggle. So my wife is non-binary and male-bodied. I recently have come out as non-binary, but I use she, they pronouns. So like she is also fine for me. And okay. So I think like ever since we got engaged and got married, like kind of navigating the having people like respect our labels and our pronouns and like not feeling like we have to defend it has been probably the biggest struggle, especially like like my partner goes by wife and but they're male bodied. And so like people hear that and they get confused and then they start asking questions and then like sometimes mm-hmm. aren't respectful of it. And I'm just like, can you just like accept what I'm telling you and like move on? Um, right. So like, I feel like that probably is like harder than the sexual orientation. Sure. Makes sense. I can imagine because so many people are so judgmental and you know, yeah, why can't people just like accept people for how they want to be? That's what I don't get. I don't, I don't get it either. Like if someone tells you that something hurts them, just accept that and move on. Like, why does everybody have to like, I think that people's individual, like the biggest problem that people have is that when they don't understand something, they can't accept it. Right. And like, yeah, my whole thing is like, mm-hmm. you can un- not understand something and still respect it. Like you don't have to understand it yes. yourself to respect it. And like, right. I have some family members who I have issues with that with where, because they don't understand, they just like shut down and mm-hmm. by shutting down, they're being disrespectful. I don't think that they're meaning to be disrespectful, but they are. Yep. And it's just like, it's one of those things where I'm like, all you have to do is accept that you're not gonna understand. And from there, you right. can just learn about it and like, go from there. Right. And and I think it's weird. We're, we're okay not understanding other things. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't understand, like, for instance, uh, you're talking about mechanical engineering. Is that going to like impact my life? No, I'm just like, okay, fuck. I don't, I don't understand that. Okay, move on. Why why is it so different? I don't understand mechanical engineering. Therefore, I'm not going to use this bridge. Like, no. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. It's just funny though. It's it's just gender and sexuality gets lumped into a different thing. And I talk about this a lot too in my podcast with the sex coaches. It's like, Everyone's okay with talking about, you know, eating a strawberry and how that's so pleasurable and wonderful or getting a massage. But the second it involves a sexual organ, and everybody's like, oh, no, 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 that's different. Like, no, it's not. It's still a form of pleasure. Well, how is it different? 
Don't treat it as different. I don't understand <laughs> either. And like me and my partner talk about this a lot. Like we want to be very sex positive when we have kids and like, I don't know, like I'm reading the book for the, uh, for the erotic podcast that I'm working on. And like, I'm reading through this and honestly, this, this one is not even like, like I'm not even reading it and getting turned on, even though there is like a lot of genitalia being thrown around. Be- mm, but I'm like, okay. I'm just like, man, I should like teenagers need to read this because it like talks about consent, like a crazy amount, like yes. most it's just like different ways to consent and like different ways to like talk about things is really what this book is like going on about. And I don't know, like when you don't teach someone those things, it just creates more problems. It does. Now you're talking about the come as you are book or is this a different I mean, this is one that I was saying it's super fun, sexy times. This is the one that me. Oh, yeah, that one. OK, yeah. yep, yep. Yeah. So we're going to be recording it tomorrow and it's going to be our first one recording this. So I've never this is my first erotic book that I've ever read. Mm, okay. And like I've always <laughs> wanted to get into erotic reading because I think I would love it. Right. Because I don't love porn. Like, right. I, I just don't. And I think it's the pansexual in me, like looking at it and just being like, well, I don't know these people. Like, right. These people. It looks like just an act. Yeah. And I don't know what that would be. Characters. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Relationship like. And I think you, when you read stuff, you could probably get more from that. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. There, there's a wide range. I mean, you got everything from smut all the way down to erotic romance you know there's there's a there's a gradient there yeah. and some people don't really understand that and they'll like read a piece of smut and they'll be like oh there's no story there's nothing here it's like okay that's on the high level of smut that's all... <laughs> dude that's sex okay that's all <laughs> like in a little bit of story so people people read these things too and they don't realize that there's an actual gradient within in the genre that's so funny it's me kind of crazy yeah. well i also think like this is gonna help me be able to explore my like kinks a little bit more because sometimes when I'm oh, like yeah, absolutely because I, I have some pretty uh like BDSM kinks and stuff and like I don't is this okay sure. to talk about on your <laughs> oh absolutely <laughs> absolutely I have BDSM in some of my books Head, yeah <laughs> yes but I think that like <laughs> I think that like sometimes when I explore that when it comes to like porn it's hard for me to feel comfortable exploring that when you like sure like some of these things I don't actually want to see someone else like experiencing I just want to like kind of dabble in and like think about and so I'm excited to like see how erotica can like help me explore those sides of things that maybe I'm a little bit too ashamed of looking up but then you also get into why am I ashamed of looking it up but (laughs) right that's a whole other subject (laughs) That is a whole nother subject. But that's so true. I mean, erotica is a total way to explore things, to experience it. And and just because you read it and like it doesn't mean you're going to even end up doing it. It's the same thing as a fantasy. A fantasy is just a fantasy. It doesn't mean you're going to go out and do that fantasy or that you even want to do that fantasy, you know? Uh, oh, my gosh. When we start, so our podcast is going to be starting in the new year, like we're going to get through the holidays and everything. I would love to have you on to talk about a queer erotica more <laughs> Oh, hell yes. I'm there, dude. I would love to. <laughs> I'm so excited. My favorite topic is queer sex. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm so in. <laughs> I'd love to. <laughs> so much fun stuff. So tell me, okay, so I saw something that I've never seen before when I was looking through your podcast. And, and I'm going to spell this out because, okay, okay. L-G-B-T-I-A-A-Q-Q-P-P plus equals LGBTQIA plus. What are what are all the the first one? 
LGBT was how well it started as just B and or as just G and L. But LGBT is the like most common ones, which is lesbian, gay, bisexual, and trans. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me pull up this acronym so I can actually like know that I'm doing this in order. LGBT, QIA. I think it's just LGBTQIA+, and then they have more after that if you want. So then the Q is queer. Okay. The mm-hmm. I is intersex. Mm, the okay, yep. A is asexual. And yes. then, oh, okay. yeah, and then the plus is just kind of like anything else. Right. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> There's so many. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I hadn't seen that one before, so I'm like, I need to ask what that means because I was like trying to think. Okay, there's two Qs, there's two A's. Yeah. <laughs> there's two okay, so when there's two Qs, one of the Qs means questioning. So oh, it's just a reserve for anybody that okay. hasn't quite figured it out. And then sure, when there's sure. two A's, one of the A's means androgynous. Okay, got yeah. it. If you, we honestly could make an entire alphabet out of all the letters because there's so many different like <laughs> labels and everything, but it's like they do try to keep it at the like main yeah. ones. Right, right. I don't want exactly. to say the main ones, but yeah. the most common ones. Sure, sure. Well, I guess that's why you got the plus there too. And it's just saying this is not the end. Yeah, no, you no, know, no. it is. It's not going to be the end. Honestly, like the idea, hopefully, is that like gender and sexuality is eventually treated as if everybody's is different because everybody's is different you just Mm -hmm. put these labels so that people can find community because they haven't had it in the past it was interesting i was having dinner with a friend oh i don't know what it was maybe 10 months ago or something and and it was just interesting to hear her talk because she's just it just said a lot about her she said why she said i'm born a woman i'm cis and she why do i have to say that I don't think you do if you're cis. Uh, yeah. Well, I still think you should say it, though, don't you think? I mean, like, she felt like, why do I have to declare that? Because, you know, but we don't want to look at you and assume that's what you are. Yeah, it's it's so like this is something I'm still exploring because I recently have come out as non-binary. And like mm-hmm. the way I describe is womanish, woman by training, not by not by created creation, whatever the word is. Like I was trained to be a woman and therefore I do it. I do have that in my identity, but I wasn't born a woman. Mm. And the thing is, is like in order to respect everybody's identity when it comes to gender, it does require people who are cis to let people know when they're cis if asked. Like I Mm. think by refusing to talk about your own when Wow, I've never thought about this. Um, but I think to like when by refu- by being annoyed to like of having to like share your own pronouns and like if you're cis, letting pe- someone know if you're cis when they ask, I think that that can kind of like turn into a problematic thing where you're kind of acting like asking someone is a burden, but you need to like mm-hmm. be asking people that way if they are, they then pronouns you are respecting that. And like, so I don't know, I think it's one of those things of like, if you are an ally, you just got to play your part and that's kind of playing your part. Right. Right. I think it's, and I think it's kind of arrogant to think that, you know, well, almost like saying, she's like saying, well, I'm normal. Yeah. So why should I say anything? Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. And like that, and it's going to take some time. Like I try to give people a lot of lenience when it comes to that stuff because it's all very new. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's mm-hmm. again, one of those things of like, it really doesn't hurt you to have to tell people that you're cis. I'm sorry. I know. Right. It doesn't hurt you <laughs> at all. Like calm down. Oh. So like, why are you complaining? <laughs> it doesn't hurt. Exactly. 
Exactly. So I was recently talking with a, a sex coach who's, you know, he's he's very open and he's, you know, a supporter and everything. And we were talking about this discussion where he just gets so up in arms because he feels like a lot of companies jump on the support way bandwagon for LGBTQ plus things. And they'll like, you know, all of a sudden in their, their advertising, they're having flags or they're having, you know, it's almost like they're just doing it. Do you feel like, yes. does that make you feel angry? Does that make you feel like, oh, they're just using it to make money? What What's your take on that it being who you are? So many mixed feelings about this, uh, especially during Pride Month, obviously Pride Pride Month is when this happens mm-hmm. the worst. It's called rainbow washing, mm-hmm. where I'm going to use Target because I actually talked to on my podcast, I talked to this online like faction. They're not like a magazine, but it's like an online fashion blog type thing called Queer. It's like a spelled Q oh, okay. Queer. Mm-hmm. And we talked about Target specifically because Target is so guilty of this where like they... Yeah make a lot of stuff but one they are very much targeting who they think will like get them the most audience and the most money right so an example of that is Mm. that specifically like for trans people when you are trans masculine trans mask that is way more accepted in like media and everything than trans femme and target Mm. was a great yeah and so like target was a great example of this where like the target line came out and everything and they had all these binders and that's amazing love it right they had nothing for like tucking or anything like that like you're providing uh-huh. binders but you're not providing underwear for people that are like tucking like the opposite type like yeah, on the opposite yeah, yeah. end and like sure so that's like a great example of like them just picking and choosing what they're going to support yeah mm-hmm. and then it's also one of those things of like i have not seen the binders in the store since did they just right. disappear the rest of the year? People need binders all year round. Like, Right. That's what he was saying, too. It's like it's there for a little while and then they pull it. And then when they do that, it feels like, yeah, they're just doing it get on the bandwagon. Like, oh, it's Pride Month. Yep. Oh, OK, we better do this. Like it's 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 a pitch yep. to, you know, do these commercials and sell. It's, it's like a push to try and sell things yeah. rather than a genuine. We support this. This is what we're going to provide. It fully is. And like. I don't want to discourage, like, I, I think it's good to encourage these companies to do it, but true, it's like, true, it's true. like teaching them how to do it the right way. And like, it's annoying to have to do that, but you do like they, the right way is to include, like, I think, I think this is actually the first year that Target actually included like queer designers on their team. Okay. And like, really when you're, they're doing it, they need to be doing it in a, we're trying to help the community way, which would be like hiring those people, maybe donating some of the money towards these like organizations and like communities. And like, right. like if you're making a bunch of profit off of it, you should be donating some of that profit towards it. Yes. But then I've also seen, so we have an, we have a, uh, a artist couple. They like, it's a couple and they, they have like an artist team together and everything it's called Ash and Chess, and it might be the opposite. It might be Chess and Ash, but those are the two names. And I believe it was, it might might have been right at the beginning of the pandemic, but they had a design that Target, or not Target, Old Navy ended up using and didn't give them credit for. Oh, geez. And like, and it's like, they just kind of like ripped off their design because they're like a pretty big like designer. Like they have like, like tens of thousands of followers and and they had to like go through a whole lawsuit about it and stuff. And oh, geez, it was it's just like they do stuff like that, too, where they kind of will like yeah. kind of troll the community, see what's cool and what is like doing well right. and then just like copy it. 
instead yeah, of like that's very yeah. very irritating instead of like hiring those artists and like using their personal right. work yeah it's like fake yeah fully yeah. So it's a huge issue, but I don't want to say that it needs to stop because I think the best thing to do is for like these companies to keep doing it. And we just like keep teaching them how to do it in a better way. And like each year it just gets better and better. Yeah, it's kind of like baby steps, I think, you know, yeah. it's like, yes, it sucks, but it's better than yeah. before. Yeah. Well, when I was talking to Claire, <laughs> our whole thing was is like, yeah, like it sucks that Target's not doing this part of it, but this other part, like the binders, they didn't have that last year. So like they're doing better. And like, yeah. it's like, as long yeah. as they're doing better than last year, then it's like, we're on the right track, but. Right. Right. Yeah. Sorry. I have a lot of opinions about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think this is great. I think it's good to, co- to collect your opinions. I think it's great. <laughs> just down a rant. I was like, well, I just talked to, I was like ranting for a minute. <laughs> So what are some other big or hot topics in the community that you would like to talk about? Oh, my goodness. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Too big of an open yeah, question. <laughs> question. Um, I don't know. We could talk about compulsory heterosexuality. We could talk about gender versus sex. Like, I have so many topics. Right. <laughs> That's true. Sorry, my decision, executive decision making shut down <laughs> for a second. Um, <laughs> that's okay let's see we could talk about or the two things you said you said gender versus sex yeah i said gender versus sex and then compulsory heterosexuality is okay yeah let's uh, maybe we can talk a little bit about both what is the compulsory heterosexuality so i have a couple episodes talking about compulsory heterosexuality and i had like on an expert about it to my podcast it is the idea that we assume and it specifically targets it specifically it doesn't specifically affect women but the the term was created in reference to women because okay. it definitely like affects women a little bit more. I don't want to say that men can't affect it, can't like experience this because they definitely can. But it's mm. the idea that you are assumed heterosexual. And as you're growing up, you're kind mm. of groomed to be heterosexual. Groomed is a hard term because they're always using the word that other way. But like you're because you're assumed to be heter- like heterosexual from birth, you're treated that way as you're growing up. And so you sure. yourself assume that you're that way. And for women, it's like you are raised to like, like how I said, it was hard for me to distinguish my bias, my like attraction towards women between like romantic and sexual versus like friendship. It's because I was always told that my attraction towards women was friendship attraction. Mm-hmm. And sure, that sure. created like so much confusion in me. And it's why it took me a little bit longer to realize that I was bisexual and mm-hmm. a lot of people will are actually like lesbian and they go a large majority of their lives thinking that they're straight because that's what they've been like taught. Right. Mm-hmm. And it just creates like this whole wave of confusion. And there's actually a huge wave of like, they're called late bloomers where it's like women mm-hmm. in their like thirties and forties coming out and realizing that they're lesbian sure. because mm-hmm. yep. specifically that generation was raised to believe that they're stri- like taught that they're straight. And so it just right. creates this like confusion and it's called, called compulsory heterosexuality. Makes sense. Yeah, I can totally imagine that. I mean, back in what, the 70s, they used to think that that was like homosexuality was an illness. Yeah, yeah. People, um, I'm like, it was. <laughs> I'm currently reading a book called, I'm trying to see what the exact name is here. Give me one moment. See if I can reach it whilst we're having my headphones on. It's called The Woman's House of Detention. Okay. Which is about this prison in the 20s and 30s in New York City in like Greenwich Village that 
was like a women's detention center and how like people were targeted for being queer women were targeted for being queer and like sent there and then like i'm honestly like tortured because jails were not jails are great now but they also were not great back then and no right but then also how having them all in this like prison together also made the like culture blossom right it's like oh you just <laughs> can imagine yeah, you just put them all together <laughs> i know right <laughs> stuff over there. that's kind of poetic justice a little bit right? <laughs> but i'm reading it right now it's definitely a dense book like it definitely reads more as like textbook honestly hey, sure. right intriguing yeah i think that's true though i think there is a lot of women that feel that way and there's you know i've heard stories people say too or like you know their spouse will be like or their partner will be like well why didn't you ever say anything well, maybe they didn't know. Maybe it wasn't something they could even talk about. You know what I mean? Like I've had a lot of people like interviewed some people on my podcast who um there's this woman woman who was raised Mormon and so she knew that she was like that she had an attraction towards women, but she was told it was like wrong and sinful. So she was just fighting it the whole time. Right. So there's that. Yep, you have the whole sinful. Yeah. So there's mm-hmm. that. There's like, I know some people who like when they found that when they realized that they were attracted to women, they kind of had to like look at their life and be like, do I really want to blow this up? Like right. I might be like, there's another woman I was talking to who was like, yeah, like I loved my husband. I didn't not love him. And right. so when she realized that she was a lesbian, she kind of had to sit there and be like, do I really want to give up the life I've built that I do love? And, like, ultimately, she right. decided that, like, living her truth was going to create the best life for her and her family. But, like, some people mm-hmm. decide that they'd rather just, like, have their family. That that's more important to them. Yeah. Right. Right. And maybe they can enjoy it in other ways. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully. Hopefully they can in their fantasy life or reading erotica or listening to audiobooks, yeah. you know. Might be bisexual and just be like, oh, like... I'm still satisfied, right. even though there's another part of me that like would like to go over here, but I'm still satisfied. There's so many reasons. Right, right. I mean, you know, this is just like anything else. We don't all get everything that we want. You know? Yeah. So yeah, some people will be like, okay, well, you know, I'm still satisfied, but I'm just not living out this particular thing, which I guess is, I get that. Yeah, <laughs> there's so many reasons why people would keep it to themselves. And like, it's, if someone someone has someone in their life, like I'm, I'm talking to the listeners out there, if you have someone in your life, you find out that they've been keeping that they're gay from you, that is not a personal attack. That has something to right. do with them and their comfort level. And like part of the reason might be that they didn't feel comfortable with that person to share it at the moment. But like it's not a personal attack that someone has not come out if they are gay. Yeah. I think some people do think that. They're like, well, why didn't you share it with me? Like they're wounded. Yeah. That they weren't told beforehand. Yeah, and it's like that has nothing to do with you. That has to do with the own person's like comfort levels. Exactly. Don't make it about you when it's not about mm-hmm. you. That's what the bottom line there is. On that subject, when someone comes out to you, don't tell them that you knew it. Please do not. <laughs> right. That is so annoying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I had so many people be like, I knew. And I'm like, well, can you shut up? This is me telling you, not me asking you. <laughs> right. <laughs> things not to say (laughs) don't and don't say i love you no matter what that that i want that one cuts deep right no matter it'd be better just to say i love you yeah don't say that no matter what is acting like what the person is telling you like they just told you they got it's child that told you that got tension like right like it's offensive somehow yeah like no matter what is not my sexuality (laughs) like 
Right. I love you and it doesn't matter. That's fine. But sorry, that's another yeah, one that's I have better. a lot of opinions about. So many people told me I love you no matter what. And it's like, this isn't a no matter what moment. I didn't, uh-huh. I didn't like rob a bank. <laughs> like, right. This is where words matter and what we say to people. It matters. Absolutely. And it's the, it's the implication, the unsaid things that sometimes are more hurtful. Absolutely. 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 Okay, so let's venture into your other topic here, talking about gender and sex. What do you have to say about that? I actually just <laughs> had a friend ask me if I could like do a topic on this on my podcast, so I'm going to be like, but we're about to take a break, so it's going to be something in our second season that we talk about. Okay, Because um, sure. I, I do really want to dive into, we're going to be doing some episodes where we answer questions that like maybe people that are not in the community have, but that are hard to answer. Mm-hmm. Because I had a friend mm-hmm. text yep. me who she's not part of the LGBTQ community, but she like knows I am. So she texted me. And she was like, my parents, she was on vacation with her parents. And she was like, they they keep at, like talking about how they don't understand the difference between sex and gender. And like, yes. they don't understand. And, and sometimes it's, again, that thing when people don't understand, instead of trying to learn, they get disrespectful. And right. um, mm-hmm. so like, I'm still fully working on how to talk about this because I'm still reading a lot about it and everything. But the idea sure. of like sex and gender is like sex is like the hormones, the genitals, the chromosomes that you're born with, where yeah. like I am female. My sex is female. I was born with a vagina. I don't is is female XX or XY? Female is XX. I was born with XX pronouns, not pronouns, uh, with XX chromosomes and all of that. My partner was born a male with XY pronoun like chromosomes and everything. Mm -hmm. Your gender is how you interact with the world around you and how you are perceived. And so you can, no matter what your pronouns are, I keep saying pronouns, but no matter what your chromosomes are, which also, by the way, you can't have, there are more (laughs) chromosome pairings than those two. There's Mm -hmm. also people who are intersex and Mm -hmm. people can be intersex too and not even realize it because like you could still have like quote the typical genitals and like still have like chromosomes that are like different and Mm -hmm. but like gender is like how you interact and like so I'm still working this out myself and like my wife is has been out as non-binary since they were a teenager and it just means that like they and who they are and like how they what their personality is and what their demeanor is and everything isn't male it's not Right. They don't have like like they have way more femininity in them than like masculinity. And like sure. that's all gender is about is like how you decide to perceive the world. Whereas like for me, I'm coming out as like kind of more androgynous because but also like I don't care about my gender, <laughs> which <laughs> is another part of gender. Like the three different parts of gender that people talk about is like masculinity versus femininity, yep. boy versus girl, and then mm-hmm indifferent versus a lot of feelings about it sure and Mm -hmm. so like if you can imagine that like a like a table like a a three-dimensional like table or graph like you can find where you like fit and like also people can change based on the day and everything and like it has nothing to do with what your body looks like it can it has fully to do with like who you are as a person did that make sense? I keep talking and then not knowing if I'm making sense. <laughs> it does. And, you know, I've, I've talked about this with some sex coaches, too, where we talk about how, you know, sex acts do not define your gender. Absolutely. You know, 
you know, and then I think people get confused by that. I mean, some some people, especially maybe middle aged men, they think if they do something anal, oh, I must be gay. You no. know what I mean? Like, no, your acts do not determine your gender. Your G spot was put there for a reason. Get over right. it. Yeah, no, absolutely not. <laughs> and like, that could be a very harmful, like, slippery slope. Like, me and my partner are in a straight, assumed relationship. Like, you look at us and you assume that we're, ah, you don't, because we do, we like, I have, I have short hair and like wear a lot of overalls, but mm. we like, I'm wearing overalls right now. But like, <laughs> We have typical penis and vagina sex, um, like a large portion of the time. Right. Those are our genitals and it has nothing to do with our gender. It just right. has to do with how our bodies fit together. Right. I know. And I yesterday I was talking, I interviewed a woman who she's a pretty big name and she's she's been about sex for decades. And we were talking about how she just read this. Um, she just got this notification, like as a description of the clitoris and it was all a description about how it was actually dissected from a cadaver and how many people don't understand that the clitoris is actually basically the size of a penis. Oh, yeah. It's like all over. But people, a lot of people don't understand that. And, you know, and like only one fifth of the clitoris is sticking out, but it's basically the same thing. And a lot of, not a lot of people don't understand I know, exactly. And it's been hidden. Also, it's not been common knowledge or talked about that that's how big the clitoris is. The woman's body is the one that we don't understand. We fully understand a male uh, body. It's the woman's body. We oh, don't yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I have to tell my... No- I like, I'm okay. so passionate about sex ed being like taught like and like people... Yeah, and just the stigma around talking about sex being taken away because, like, I know that there's obviously appropriate times to talk about sex and appropriate times not to talk yep. about sex, but there's appropriate times yep. to talk about baseball and when not to talk about baseball. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to yes, talk about baseball exactly. at a funeral. Like, there's appropriate times to talk <laughs> exactly. about everything. And <laughs> yes, God, it drives me crazy because it's just a form of like oppression it's, or just like yes, it's just it is. It's just a form of like also trying to make females like hate their bodies and. Yeah, yeah. And and like just omitting it. Like I was talking to another author and she was like, Yeah, I was in the doctor's office the other day and they had a diagram of a woman's genitalia and there was no clit. It was just like missing. What? It like wasn't even there. Like it didn't exist. Yes. With a child who doesn't like yes. maybe find their clit and is like, What is this? I have a tumor or something. This is not gonna lead to good things teach people about their bodies. No, it's not. It's horrible. It's horrible. You know, and it's just, it's just so fucked up. I drives me crazy. <laughs> I, I was on Instagram. Oh, no, go ahead. I just said I agree. Okay. I was on Instagram and there was a woman, she's a sex educator, and she was, had this poll out there for people with vulvas and was like, okay, what gives you orgasm. And you had to pick between clitoral, G-spot, nipples, and I don't know, some other fourth thing, whatever. Maybe it was anus. I don't remember. But anyway, so I went in to answer her poll, right? Mm. And I'm like, clitoral. I type clitoral. And what pops up? Community guidelines violation. My body part. So so basically my body part, my clitoris is now a bad word, according to Instagram. I was outraged. So then to try things, I said, well, you know what? I'm going to try putting in penis. I put in penis, nothing. No warning. 
I was I was livid. I was fucking livid. I'm like, clitoral is not a bad word. It's my fucking body part, you fucking jackass. That's ridiculous. Like, that's so ridiculous. I know. I was so mad. And then she was obviously able to put clitoral in there because she's a big account. And But I'm this little account and I can't put clitoral in because now I'm a bad person. Because I use the word clitoral. Fuck you. Annoying. It's just like, it's the same thing as my freaking uh, sweet baby gay being on my background check. Yeah. Like, why mm-hmm. are we so scared of these things that like, our human nature like if we took away all of society we would still have sex right so true (laughs) isn't that i mean yes we were given these organs to enjoy we weren't given them to like just sit there and do nothing human thing is like and obviously it doesn't like there's people who don't enjoy sex and like you don't have to have sex to be human yes like Mm -hmm. natural human desire and somehow we have decided that it's like some scandalous thing, but people who want to mm-hmm. like play video games all day, a very unnatural thing. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You want to have <laughs> sex all day, that's considered scandalous. Right. Exactly. Freakish. Freakish. Yes. Oh my God. That's ridiculous. <sighs> I know. The person I was talking to, a sex coach recently, he was saying that it's all done for control. Like all the powers that be are just trying to control us. And that's one way that they can do it. And so they try. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) I want to read more about that specifically so that I have more language around it to talk about, like Mm -hmm. how that controls. Because I know that it's like a form of control, but I really would like to read more about like specifically how those dynamics are used for control. Exactly. Yeah. Since this man had a lot to say about it, it was really interesting. Can you tell me? I'm going to ask you to spend that episode. I should. I'll make a note. It hasn't gone live yet, but um, when it does, I'd love to I'll hear. I'll make it. a note to send you. His name is Doctor Kyle. Doctor Kyle. Okay. Yes. When you do, I would. He's love on to Instagram. Uh, I forget. It's Kyle something. But yeah, he's a, a sex coach. He's a physical therapist. He's a doctor. So he's he was very interesting to talk to. <laughs> That was really good. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I know we've had a long chat. We've talked about amazing things. Is there anything that you want to talk about that we have not touched on yet? Not that I think of. This is lovely. I just looked at the time and time has flown by. I know. That's why I'm looking at the time too. I'm like, oh yeah, we're over, definitely over the hour. <laughs> no, I don't think That's so. That's been awesome though. Well, thank you for sharing. I've loved having you on and it's been very enlightening and I think it will be helpful for people to listen and enjoyable. So thank you for coming on my show. Do you mind if I send people to my Instagram? Pardon? Do you mind if I like send your listeners to my Instagram? Oh, absolutely. What's your, yes, definitely say whatever you want. Yes, definitely. I encourage everybody because so right now I am, um, so we're about to take a break, but I'm going to be taking, doing a lot of like working on a lot of projects during that break. So we'll be having a lot of updates and stuff. You can f- keep track of all of it at our Instagram at Sweet Baby Gabe. Is Instagram your main place that you post things? Yes, I have tried Twitter. I've tried TikTok. I can't get into them. <laughs> so yes, it's, okay. Instagram is our normal place to post everything. And then your podcast, you're on multiple podcast apps for Sweet Baby Gay, right? Wherever you listen to your podcast and also on YouTube. Also on YouTube. Awesome. Are you Sweet Baby Gay on YouTube as yeah, well? Yes, we, we got the, We got the name on everything. No one had that name. I was very happy. <laughs> Sweet. Well, that's why, you, yeah, you've got to do that right away. Someone else doesn't take yep, it, you know? Yep. <laughs> it's like, really? No? Awesome. Shocking. 
<laughs> well, thank you so much. You're awesome. You were fun to talk to and informative. It was great. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> you have a good day. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you for listening to that. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned. I hope you it opened your eyes a little bit, maybe helped you think about something differently. I'm all about people shedding judgment and shame and being open. We're all people. Let's accept each other and not judge each other. You know, we're all living our best life true to ourselves and let's respect each other. Like I love how Abby used the word respect a lot. And it was a constant word that came throughout the, the podcast. And I thought it would podcast discussion. I thought it was fabulous. And I loved her focus on things being respectful. Couldn't we all be like that? We can learn so much from her opinion and her perspective about, you know, just having respect for one another, right? I mean, we all fuck up. We all screw up. We may say the wrong thing, but that doesn't mean we can't learn from it. But above all, we really should be respecting one another. Okay, I'll get off my little soapbox. I can't talk. And remind you to check out my books. Check out my audiobooks. I have free copies available on my Patreon public pages where you can just get a code and listen to my audiobooks. I have, I don't know, I don't have them all on there because I have so many audiobooks, but I have a bunch of them on there where you can get the code and listen for free. And I hope that you would give me a review from that. And I also have books, audiobooks. A new thing is on Spotify. So that's really exciting. And I have a new storefront on Authors Direct where some of my audiobooks are starting to appear. Obviously on Amazon is another one, Kobo, Barnes and Noble. Oh, geez, there's so many audiobooks.com. I can't even remember them all. There's so many, but it's wonderful. I love being able to spread it all over and potentially reach more people. Smashwords. Smashwords is a new one that got added in for like books, so literature. That's not audiobooks. So I hope that you enjoyed this. I hope you found it fun and exciting. And I'm really excited you're here. And if you're still listening, you're a kick-ass fan and I love you. <laughs> you are the hardcore fans who, oh, I love you. <laughs> okay, again, thank you so much. And you have an amazing, sexy fucking day. Love ya. Ready for some spring cleaning of your beard and groin hairs? Try out Manscaped products where you can get 20% off with my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to get 20% off and free shipping. In order to get the discount, use the promo code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to do that spring cleaning to get yourself ready for sexy times. Heat up your spring with a new shave, a new trim. Perhaps try going bare. Get more skin smacks in the bedroom, if you know what I mean. <laughs>